0: a secret we're back to give you the uh, deep dive into the secret invasion i'm rob and the other voice that you can hear is will um, i am in the first part will man what a table we did lay for the people um talking about the uh mr hollywood giving us that dumpster diving behind the scenes treatment and how we never got a nit fury movie Mm. Mm. and it morphed into this uh, TV series Espionage and Aliens what a great combination Um, we also went behind the uh, behind the page to look at the history of the scrolls the publication side where they came from The incredible marketing campaign Behind the secret invasion Creepy marketing campaign creepy, creepy, very creepy Creepy marketing, that's it You know what, we should start a business called creepy marketing We can. We will only do you Creepy and disturbing marketing We hey, won't do anything normal it's,
1: it, it's creepy and disturbing stuff Do you know what it does Rob? It stays with you. That's it does the best
0: kind of marketing. Yeah. Well, we looked at we we talked about things like uh, yeah. the invaders and, yeah. and V, yeah. um, and uh, invasion of the body snatchers. These things we saw when we were kids that yeah. were very creepy and disturbing, especially like invasion of the body snatchers, where the bad guys win. That's the that's the <laughs> one. That's the one that that image with the guy running around at the end from car to car, saying dad you don't understand They're here They're already here mm. No one believes him um, We talked about The incredible free trial We've got running You know about this guys You heard about this yeah. <laughs> Alright Jay Leno F- Free trial on Patreon.com Slash Marvel versus Marvel Seven days of bonus content We can do that do you know why Because there's absolutely no way You could even begin to touch The surface Of what we've got An offer on Patreon In seven days um thirty-eight full-length bonus episodes. You can't I mean you'll be able to get through three of them if you're lucky. Um before that seven days is over and you know you're thirsty for more and you've got to stay. Um people that are there right now and they're gonna stay for a long time to come, talking about that world-class wrecking crew that keep this show on the air, that pay for the lights to be kept on around here, the water to run. And they pay for Will's haircuts <laughs> Every week I'm talking about Peter J, Brandon Schmigilski Randall Schmidt Zach Thomas Baster Beer Sam Bindi Sue P Jack Davis Billy Brown And Z-Bear Q Man are we lucky To have those guys on board Yes love Will Normally yes. we'd uh, hit play on a movie Bit different with this, uh, with this series what I want you to do now is hit play on our recap of Nick Fury because he's the central figure in all of this. Um, that's who the Secret Invasion revolves around. And it, I just think it's a great idea for you to take us through Nick Fury in the MCU. Let's revisit this awesome character and, uh, and find out how we got from uh, 2008 to where we are now in 2023.
1: Right. So here is our recap of Nick Fury in the MCU. After Tony Stark reveals himself to be Iron Man, Nick Fury approaches the brazen billionaire to offer him a place on a new team he's putting together. Following Stark's continued success with Stark Industries, Fury sends in Natasha Romanoff aka The Black Widow to spy under an alias Natalie Rushman. Revealing this deception to Stark, Fury also tells him that Howard Stark, Tony's father, was the S.H.I.E.L.D founder whom Fury knew personally. In New Mexico, an incident involving Thor occurs and is covered up, but one of the witnesses, Dr. Eric Selvig, is taken into S.H.I.E.L.D. custody and is tasked personally by Nick Fury to study a mysterious cube-shaped object, the Tesseract, which Fury says may hold untold power. However, unknown to Fury, Loki is controlling Selvig's mind.
0: This feels like a million years ago, doesn't it? It does feel this so feels long. like... And I and I, I guess you know it was a long time ago. It was longer than ten years. Yeah, uh, was it fifteen years ago? Fifteen years yeah. ago, God, God, fifteen years since these movies came out. Yeah, and it was interesting how they didn't just hit the ground running with his shield. Yeah, like it takes such it it takes this time. Like to begin with, we get Agent Coulson and he's kind of like bugging, he, like he like Tony won't take the meeting, will he? In in the is it the second movie? Yeah, yeah he's, he, he, he well, I remember the donut shop scene.
1: Where he's, he's in the donut. Remember, right. he's 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 off, he's on a bender, and he's Iron Man's in the donut.
0: Okay. But well, what's that got to do with Agent Coulson?
1: Well, I I thought that was Tony Stark going like, I don't want to join your thing. You know.
0: Oh, I don't know. I'm not. And I don't. I don't. And I don't know. I I'm not sure that if I connect that to that. I think that's more of his uh PTSD from the uh, Battle of New York. But <laughs> we get this repeated scenes in Iron Man two where Coulson yeah. keeps like trying to get a meeting with Tony Stark and Pepper keeps putting him off and we find about the did we find about the cellist in that I think we found about the cellist in I that. I think that was in well. Iron Man
1: One that kept happening, wasn't it? Maybe you're right. It Maybe was Iron right. Man One because I remember when we re- did the remastered episode, I was there going, I
0: completely forgot Coulson was in this <laughs> That's right. We get Coulson throughout Iron yeah. Man and then we get Badass Tony Stark, um, uh, Nick Fury, right at the very end, don't we?
1: Yeah, right at the very um, end.
0: And then, but we still we still don't have much of like a, we don't see the helicarrier. We don't see no. like a, a big infrastructure. We've just got Nick turning up places. <laughs>
1: <laughs> In the most conspicuous of all costumes.
0: Yeah, but, yeah, he just pulls it off, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, he does. He really does. Anyway. Captain America, Hero of the Second World War, wakes up in modern-day New York City after being frozen in ice. It is revealed that S.H.I.E.L.D recovered his body and took him under their care. Fury approaches Rogers and proposes a mission with worldwide ramifications. At the remote S.H.I.E.L.D facility where Dr. Selfig is working on the Tesseract, The mysterious object opens a portal, summoning Loki. Loki steals the Tesseract and uses his scepter to enslave Selvig and other agents, including Clint Barton, to aid him. In response, Fury reactivates the Avengers Initiative, putting together a team composed of Iron Man, Captain America, Black Widow, the Hulk, and Thor. The Avengers become divided over how to fight back against Loki and his forces. Fury uses the death of Agent Coulson
0: to motivate the Avengers into working together as a team it's interesting having just kind of done our thing through uh agents of shield mm. um to have had that big emotional death yeah in, uh very joss whedon death if you know his work um a very joss whedon death in um how would you say avengers how would you say what's a joss whedon death to you uh that one <laughs> mm. like and also he he picks the character the audience like enjoy the most yeah and he makes them like a soft lovable character like if you've seen um serenity
1: i was just thinking about serenity yeah because when he he gets impaled yeah
0: the character to have them the character he killed to have the most impact is 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 wash yeah and and that really feels that way and it's kind of similar in in throughout buffy he always knows the strings to pull. Yeah. Um, he always knows, oh, I'm going to put Willow in danger now. And the whole audience will go, not, don't you dare. <laughs> and then when it's a movie and he doesn't have to worry about recurring characters, yeah. he doesn't just do that. He kills that person. Yeah. Um, but so it's interesting to see uh, one of the big mysteries in the first series of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is what happened to Agent Coulson. He was in Tahiti. <laughs> yeah, he was in Tahiti. He was in Tahiti. Um, I've just had the episode. I've just seen the episode where all that's uncovered. I'm doing a bit of a rewatch at the moment. I've, I've got um, that on my list. Don't you dare tell me. I won't say a thing. But it's hmm. you have a different opinion of Nick Fury coming out the other side. Oh, fantastic! Um, I can't wait for that. Anyway, I continue. Two years after the battle. <laughs> what i continue
1: will preston <laughs> continues uh two years after the b- battle of new york captain america confronts fury about project insight three heli carriers linked to a global network of spy satellites designed project to spy nazi, on- nazi
0: laser beams That's Nazi
1: <laughs> project insight designed to spy on innocent civilians and preemptively eliminate threats with death rays from the sky it's project this it's a project that Fury has been battling his superiors over, bringing him into conflict with security of internal Se- Secretary of Internal Security Alexander Pierce to delay the project. Fury is ambushed by assailants led by an assassin called the Winter Soldier. Fury warns him that Shield is comprom- Sorry, Fury warns uh, Captain America that Shield is compromised, but is badly wounded and later pronounced dead. Captain America and the Black Widow discover that SHIELD has been infiltrated and thoroughly compromised by Hydra. Rogers and Natasha are extracted by Maria Hill to a safe house where Fury, who had faked his death, plans to sabotage the helicarriers by replacing their controller chips.
0: I think, yeah. I believed that was a real death. Uh Fury's. I think I think in Winter Soldier, mm. I think I felt like I don't know. Almost like, yeah. What else is there left for Nick Fury to do? Just die. Um, yeah, like it seemed like uh, it would. Make, and and I'll be I'll be honest. He doesn't really do a hell of a lot beyond this, does he? Like, if he had, I know he's he, he gets his revenge at the end of this movie, and he takes down Shield and stuff. But I don't know. He's kind of uh, he's kind of. I think the Avengers is sort of his big, big, big moment. Um, and then they don't he they they don't have that role for him anymore to come in and recruit people and build a team up because he's already done it. He's done such a good job. He's made himself redundant.
1: Mm. <laughs> so I, I I do remember it in
0: that movie feeling like ah this feels like it probably is the death of Nick Fury. Yeah,
1: yeah. I never felt that, but retrospectively now you say it, it's like ah I get that now I get that. Fury forces Alexander Pierce to unlock S.H.I.E.L.D.'s database, allowing the Black Widow to leak classified S.H.I.E.L.D. information to the public, exposing Hydra to the spotlight. Fury shoots Pierce dead and helps Captain America and the Black Widow take down the Hydra helicarriers and stop the Winter Soldier. But their public battle with Hydra has left S.H.I.E.L.D. in tatters. With Shield in disarray, Romanoff appears before a Senate subcommittee to defend her and Roger's actions, while Fury, under the cover of his apparent death, heads to Eastern Europe in pursuit of HYDRA's remaining cells. While in hiding, Fury then then assisted the now-resurrected Phil Coulson in defeating John Garrett and his HYDRA faction, putting an end to their cybernetic project Death Clock. Deathlock, not Deathclock. What's a Deathclock? Deathclock is the name of a fictional death metal band on the adult cartoon series Metalocalypse, which I heartily recommend if you're okay with extreme violence. Cool. It's a great show. It's a brilliant show. (laughs) Following this, uh, Fury chose to promote Coulson to director of the new S.H.I.E.L.D., telling him to rebuild it from the ground up. Two years later... Ultron, an AI created by Tony Stark, starts to enact a plan to wipe out humanity. After worldwide backlash against the Avengers for a very destructive battle against Ultron in South Africa and internal doubts and fears, the team come close to breaking point. Hiding out at Hawkeye's farmhouse, the despondent team are contacted by Nick Fury, who encourages them to get back in the fight and form a plan to stop Ultron.
0: I think this was the point at which I kind of felt like yeah, what's Nick Fury for anymore? <laughs> a- he just comes in. He comes in at the end to make a big rah rah speech, like a coach in a football game at halftime. It just felt like, like we, you know, I'm not saying I I, I like Nick Fury and I really like Samuel L. Jackson, but I just I felt in this one it was odd because he didn't come in and give them. He didn't come in and give them. He didn't come in and say, "Here's the information you needed," or "Here's the weapon you need to destroy," or "Here's mm. a thing you don't know about Ultron." He just came in and said, "I'm still alive, and you all need to fight back, everybody." And it was mm. just a bit okay.
1: Anyway, <laughs> I, d- I get, I get it. I get, I, no, I, do, I do, I do get it, mate. It's, it's just one of those things where I'm too distracted by. Oh, look, Samuel Jackson's telling everyone to be badass. I'm happy. Mm. I'm happy. I'm happy with that, Rob. <laughs> While the Avengers engage Ultron and his army of robots in battle, Fury and Maria Hill pilot the helicarrier into Sokovia to help evacuate all civilians before destruction rains down on their city. In 2018, operating underground with a hand-picked crew of loyalists, Fury was one of the trillions of victims in the SNAP but had managed to send a distress signal to Captain Marvel shortly before his death. Upon his resurrection, Fury decided to leave Earth and take a prolonged sabbatical on board the Sabre space station. In his absence, Fury tasked his skull comrades Talos and Soren to impersonate himself and Maria Hill, respectively, on Earth.
0: Big picture then, what do we think about Nick Fury in the MCU? For me as i 've said there, I feel like he kind of ran out of steam after avengers and whilst I, I I want him to be involved in like the Captain America kind of intelligence military like shieldy stuff, it felt like that was done after Winter Soldier as well, and i just i I felt like this series could have come a lot like if we 'd had this series before. End game, or maybe right after that—that mm. that would have helped a little bit. But it—it it felt like Fury's been kind of just running on fumes for a while now.
1: Yeah, I—I I get that. I also feel like maybe they're just having him like they just have him in the background, ready to spring into action. But
0: he—he—he he, he was in the background previously. Yeah. But, I mean, even more. He in had the a background. purpose. <laughs> yeah, he had a purpose. They had something for him to do. There was a reason for him to. And mm. when he when he turned up, and when he, you know, and he had this big starring kind of moment in in Avengers, he shoots that fighter jet out the sky, doesn't he? Yeah. Or try or tries to. Yeah,
1: um, I yeah, you. I can't really argue, again because it's like you're kind of right, but I'm one of those people that's just like ah it's no biggie. I don't mind. <laughs>
0: If I'm going to pay Samuel L. Jackson millions and millions of dollars to kind of be around, I think I would want to write something for him to
1: do. Maybe Samuel L. Jackson's contract is some kind of weird tax
0: break. <laughs> like, they, they need to pay him money, and it counts as a tax. They write off as tax or something. Feels like... it. Feel, mm. What it feels like is, in, in wrestling, because the, the, a, a lot, mainly the WWE, are terrible at creating new stars, mm. they spent years and years and years relying on... Um, the star power from the 90s and bringing these old yeah. characters, all the old stars back, but they were so old they couldn't wrestle. So <laughs> they would just come back and they would like give a few speeches, cut a few promos, say a few of their catchphrases, look cool, wave at everyone. And then go. And they wouldn't do... like So they'd still been paying them lots of money, and they'd come in, and they'd do a thing, and they'd leave. And that kind of feels like what Samuel L. Jackson's kind of been doing since Winter Soldier, just like, here I am. Yeah. You should fight harder. Goodbye, everybody! I'm going to get <laughs> back to the hotel, because I don't want to be here. I'm, <laughs> it's time to
1: face Thanos in Hell in a Cell.
0: <laughs> so it just, I don't know, I yeah I think I think I wanted this series yeah and, and it's a shame you know obviously you didn't have the, uh, the Disney plus didn't exist uh, earlier um, and didn't give us our kind of direct to to market route but it would have been I think much better to have this series like the Witness Soldier is one of the most exciting and interesting movies in the MCU because Absolutely. it takes this this thing like shield which is necessary in the world they've got and then dismantles it. That's when I wanted a Nick Fury TV show or movie. Mm. Like, how is how is this being handled? Like, what's going on and what needs to happen next? And, and we get Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is good and fun and stuff, and they do handle some of that. But Nick Fury's not in it. And it feels, you know, it just doesn't, I, I don't know. We I think a Nick Fury movie would have been awesome after that. He's dead. He's on the run. There are Hydra cells everywhere and you know, Captain America is going to make a cameo and the Black Widow will make a cameo or whatever. I I just, if this, this, as much as I am enjoying this series, it does feel like they've just, you know, one of those plot, like we talked about earlier, one of those Mm. plot threads they've left dangling for ages and not resolved. And then eight years go by and they go, oh yeah, let's get Nick in to do something. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you just feel that you're you're kind of cool, you know, doesn't resonate with you.
1: I don't know. With, with a lot of these things, I always feel you're more switched on than me, and I'm
0: usually just like, eh. you It's not more switched on. You're very easygoing. I'm very passive. That's and I. Yeah. I kind of go, "Ah, oh, why aren't they doing that? Why isn't this better?" We, it's a shame we didn't record the
1: conversation we're having about the new Indiana Jones film because we, <laughs> although we were pretty much on the same page, that we had
0: different angles and things. You know, here's here's the situation. In a restaurant, <laughs> we both get sh- served a poo sandwich. I'm sending mine back, and you're like, "Well, I can put some salt on it. <laughs> Maybe a bit of parmesan will spice things up." I don't want to bother I, them. I don't like the <laughs> scenario because it implies
1: I'm happy with shit. Oops, that's so
0: cool. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think it's appropriate, Will, in this secret invasion episode about doubts and suspicions
1: <laughs>
0: to look around you and say, am I who I think I am? Am I a true blue part of the MVM community or am I a dirty, filthy, green-skinned reptilian infiltrator? <laughs> because a true member of this world would be supporting... This podcast on patreon.com slash Marvel versus Marvel. It's all connected, Will, the links are perfect. Cause you see, scrolls, wait for it, I'm gonna re- justify myself. <laughs> Don't give me that look. Skrulls infiltrate and steal what a community has to offer. Huh?
1: Ah. Ah, ah. Just
0: like all of you out there. <laughs> a scroll doesn't contribute. Downloads a podcast And steals all the thoughts and ideas doesn't take part in the community And help build it And help build more episodes They just infiltrate and steal And that's exactly what you're all doing right now Every single person listening to this Who isn't doing the right thing on Patreon Giving back You're an infiltrator Here to steal the natural resources That are the thoughts and words of Will Preston That's what an alien that's what the aliens are here to take. Don't what be a, a scroll. What a low bar to take my <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> Listen, listening to a podcast is theft if you haven't given the podcast the money. That's those are the rules. You're stealing thoughts from our minds and words from our throats. Um, don't be a scroll. Head to Patreon.com/slash Marvel versus uh, Marvel. Support this community. Contribute. Help build the place. There are 74 bonus episodes waiting for you, available right now. Um, that's what you want to get your hands on and get into your ears. This month, we've got a deep dive into Secret Invasion. This is going to handle tons and tons of stuff about the TV series, but the TV series barely scratches the surface of the comic book Secret Invasion. I'm not. Tommy from Town Lies will. No, you're not telling lies. No, man. It, 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 Rob it, it never obvi- lies. It's, it's against his nature. Nick Fury and the Scrolls are a big part of it, but the comic book secret invasion is the whole massive other deal. And we give you the deep dive into that secret invasion on Patreon. It's a two-hour episode, deep dive in it. It's akin to our Civil War episode mm. that we did on Patreon. Um, and it's an incredible time in Marvel Comics. The Marvel Civil War has left the superhero community more vulnerable than ever before. As friend turns against friend, half the Avengers become wanted criminals, being hunted down by Tony Stark, the fascist. And then in the middle of all of this, you can't convince me of anything else. I know. In the middle of all of this, startling secret is uncovered, the, the shape-shifting Skrulls. Are beginning their invasion of the earth it's a massive story involves all the avengers and everybody else in marvel universe it's a a great 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 story um the outcome is status quo changing the start is really tense um our two-hour deep dive is fun we quick keep quizzing will on <laughs> who do you trust Who's a scroll now? Who's real? Who do you trust? <laughs> um, he felt attacked for two hours. It was great. It, it, um, it was like
1: being shouted at. It was great.
0: <laughs> what, what I've always wanted. It's a full, full deep dive into the stories that inspired this series. And that's not all. There are 38 deep dive, full length bonus episodes on Patreon. Plus you get early access to every main show, plus you get access to all our 32 mini-shows. That includes our obscure Marvel series where me and Will have fun every single month um, knocking around an obscure, wild, weird, crazy Marvel character or story. Um, And for a limited time, right now, you can get a seven-day Free trial. We want you to support us. We want you to give it because you're trying to give back. Like we know what we're here for, right? We got, <laughs> I get messages from people saying, "Oh, I'm 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 cleaning out the loft. I need you know." There's a guy who works nights and he uses us on that. And there's a guy down and Germany. Puts us on while he's at the gym And that's what we're here for, those big tasks We really do a lot of heavy lifting for you guys We need you to give a helping hand back um, Support this show um, But we also know loads of people Are really interested in those bonus episodes And they've just got a selfish Selfish thread running through their bodies And all they want is new fresh content Well it's available, it's there for you You can get a 7 day free trial right now if you just want to check out what the bonus episodes are like you can explore all our bonus shows from the mega deep dives to the fun mini shows. Seven days of MVM bonus content for free. Head to Patreon.com/slash Marvel versus Marvel. Patreon.com/slash Marvel versus Marvel. Look for the VIEP tier, and that's got free trial written all over it. Okay, so I know we're kind of uh, three episodes deep We're right bang in the middle of Secret Invasion Which is the sweet spot Um, There'll be spoiler alerts all over this episode If you have got it this far, who knows, right? But Will's going to now, I know you've got some questions um, That we've kind of discussed based on things that have leapt out at you and I from this TV series I know you want to get the the, the deets behind them So we're obviously now going to start talking about the TV series and what's going on in it. So mega spoilers ahead. Um, We don't know the outcome of the series and what things are going to lead to, but we're also going to be talking about the comic book background to these things, and that may well lead the way. In fact, just doing the Secret Invasion bonus show that we did, you messaged me and went, Oh, have you seen episode three? (laughs) They're doing X. So yeah. um, that's already part of it. So I know we've got your, you, you've got your questions, Will, we discussed and uh, looked up ahead of time. Um, let's dive into them. What do you want to know? Right.
1: First of all, we've talked a little bit about them, the history of the scrolls. But let's, for the benefit of me and for the benefit of other people, could you give us the history of the scrolls in the comic books? Where did they come from originally? What's the, you know, because all
0: I know is they popped up in Fantastic Four and yeah. that's it. Well, you, you you get that a lot later on. Mm. What we uh, eventually come to learn, because these races are very old and ancient, um, is that like many races in the Marvel Universe, the scrolls were selected by the Celestials for experimentation. Oh. Now, on Earth, as we know from the Eternals movie and from comic books, the Celestials altered – in fact, I'm not sure if this happened in uh, – I don't know if this happened in the Channels movie. I'm not sure. I can't remember. <laughs> but in 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 the Marvel comics, the Celestials altered early human humanity DNA right oh, until yeah. humanity is split into three, three different strands of the species. Three Regular humans okay. like me and you. Hello, mm-hmm. hello. Sp- Spider man is is Peter Parker is. That strand would eventually go on to give us all the regular humans in the Marvel Universe. Hmm. The second strand is the Eternals, who have these vast powers and are akin to gods and are immortals and keep dying and being reborn. Mm-hmm. The third strand are the monstrous deviants. Ah, uh, okay. The same thing happens on Scroll. With the Scrolls, the the Celestials create a baseline Scroll that have no inherent abilities. They create, that would be like humans, but they're green and have the weird chins and bald heads. (laughs) The powerful Skrullian Eternals, who, like Earth Eternals, have these vast powers and are immortal and eternal. And then the Skrullian Deviants, who Mm. are shapeshifters. Okay. The difference between us and the Skrulls is that with the Skrulls, The twisted, monstrous, shape-shifting deviants butchered every other... (laughs) All the other strands of their species. All the baseline regular brothers and sisters, the the, the regular, you know, regular scrolls with no shape-shifting powers, they butchered them all and wiped them out. They then wiped out all the Eternals. Wow. Until all that was left of the population of scrolls were the deviants, the monstrous kind that the Eternals on Earth fight against. So, to reflect that, if that happened on Earth, what would happen is <laughs> there'd be no humanity, there'd be no Eternals, there'd just be the monstrous deviants running around the world. Bloody the scrolls hell. is a species of deviants. Okay, um, okay, that's that's but interesting. The, the scrolls did not. Become Immediately some sort of evil race Eventually as they went from primitive Kind of creatures of the stone age um, and, and then became More and more, more kind of Evolved They became highly scientific um, mm. Technologically advanced um, And they were a, a peaceful race They explored the universe Under a peaceful flag um, Seeking to share their technology With other races Until uh, something like mm, centuries ago, an encounter with the Cree changed the trajectory of their species (laughs) and transformed them into a society of warriors and conquerors. Incredible. (laughs) They were fine until they met other people. (laughs) No, other people sp were fine. Specifically the they met loads of different species okay, okay. and had a great time and then they met the Cree.
1: The Cree just bought the worst out in them. Oh dear. So like in the TV show and from what I've seen in the movies like the scrolls pretty much no longer have a homeworld because of the uh, this war with the Cree. I t- I take it it's the same in the comics.
0: Um sort of, but not really. There is hey. a war with the Cree. So uh the scrolls. Um they seek out other races to see if they're they're kind of worthy or would benefit from this technological advancement they can share with them. Mm. And when they got to the planet Hala, which is the Cree homeworld, they found two races. The blue skinned humanoids, known as the Cree. Known as Cree, yeah. And another race, the the Kotati, which were plant. Creatures okay that had evolved. There were some of them were plant like humanoids, some were less, but they were plant creatures. They didn't know who to share their technology with, so the scrolls took an envoy of each race some Cree, some Kotati. They take them to the blue area of Earth's moon and they set up these domes of air and oxygen where you can live under it. Mm. And they say, here is some scroll technology for you. Here's some scroll technology for you. We'll be back within a year. Whoever has built the most impressive society, we we will wins X Factor. We will. <laughs> <laughs> we will. You know, um, blue area of the moon's got talent. Whoever wins, <laughs>
1: uh,
0: we will share our technology with. We'll advance your race and all of that. So a year later the Skrulls return, and they find the Cree have used their technology to build a massive technological metropolis. They mastered this equipment and they they've they've built a a, a shining city on the moon. Ooh. But the Kotati have kind of ignored technology <laughs> and they've used some of it to help create wet um conditions and essentially. They have created a lush forest on the deserts of the moon. Oh, wow. And the scrolls go, Kutati, forget your skyscrapers. They've grown potatoes and carrots and, and <laughs> gorgeous trees and flowers and everything. So the Kutati are the winners and they were going to share their tech with them. And the Cree went... For that, and they slaughtered all the Skrulls and all the Katati using the Kree technology, <laughs> and then they stole their spaceships and flew back to the Skrull homeworld and started bombing them.
1: <laughs> That's like losing X Factor and trying to assassinate Simon Cowell, going and
0: then going to his house and doing a poo in his pool. <laughs> Yes. Yes. So this this act of uh, of insane aggression by the by the by the Cree, the scrolls are just like they just kicked our ass. They were cave people, <laughs> and they just kicked our asses, and that starts the Cree scroll war. It would be funny um, if one of them just went. It was only a contest.
1: <laughs> it was only a bit of
0: fun. So, the scrolls abandon their peaceful, <laughs> helpful ways, and they, they it 's like being bullied, and you have to become a bully back yeah. so they they, they they become a race of conquerors, and they start to take over planets and expand into a instead of helping other planets, they conquer them with their tech and their shape shifting abilities and they, they They build a galactic empire and the war between the Kree and the scroll rages for centuries, sometimes it cools down it 's like a cold war. But it always kind of heats up into into bloodshed again. Mm. But that's not the reason the scrolls become homeless in the comics. The Cree don't have a part to play in that really. Um there's a nineteen eighties story where we the Galactus has been coming to Earth for a lot for a, quite a few stories and never eating the planet. So eventually the writers at Marvel, I think it's John Byrne, went, you know what? <laughs> We need to see Galactus eat a planet, otherwise he's not a threat anymore. <laughs> so Galactus consumes the Skrull Throne world, Oof. Uh, Tarnax Four, capital, shining capital of the Skrull Empire. Seven billion Skrulls are killed, I um, including the emperor and the princesses. The whole, go- the whole central government is gone. So the Skrull Empire just collapses into. Dozens of bickering factions. Um, the galaxy, all the different moons and planets, just evolve into like warring, like clans and governor. I'm the governor of this, and I'm well. I'm the warlord of this. Well, I'm the the king of this planet, um, and so a big civil war breaks out. Um, and in fact, the the benevolent. Uh, technologically advanced Shi'ar race Who we know from the X-Men Phoenix Saga The Shi'ar Patro- Basically they have to Maintain a heavy presence In the Skrull Empire To stop this civil war From kind of spilling out And becoming a, a really bad bad Situation um, And then The Annihilation Wave Hits Oh there it goes Now this took place in 2008 8, 2007, mm. I'm not quite sure actually um, It's the yeah, it's the year before the secret invasion The Skrull Empire What happens is Annihilus Who won a long time foe of the Fantastic Four Who's always been confined to the Negative Zone An <laughs> anti-matter universe Where he rules as, as this kind of warlord king Well the Negative Zone is being squeezed and constricted so he shatters through the dimensional barrier and leads this in, like army after army after army. They descend into our world like a plague of locusts. And this annihilation, it's, it's, it's called the annihilation wave because mm. there's so many of them. It's not, it doesn't look like an armada. It looks like a tidal wave Oof. crashing through the galaxy. And as they go they just destroy entire planets um breaking them down absorbing all the energy and everything they need from the planets killing everyone on and the scrolls were uh, the first victims of of the annihilation wave they destroyed dozens of scroll planets so by the time the secret invasion begins the scrolls have lost their throne world their 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 government their rulers their royal family and then the rest of the empire gets wiped oh. out as well so there's all that's left is kind of like nomads desperate for a home. Makes you kind of feel sorry for them. Um, they then wage a religious jihad against Earth. So I don't know.
1: They deserve this. <laughs> Awful people. <laughs> it's rough. Yeah, yes, that's that's horrible. So, what happens uh, the first time the scrolls appear in the Marvel comics? Because uh, was it the Fantastic Four? Wasn't it?
0: Yes. Yeah. We see the thing swimming through the water off the coast of Texas and destroying an oil refinery. And then we see the invisible girl at the time using her invisibility powers to steal a ju- a gem from a jewellery store. And then uh, a town unveils a new statue, the Human Torch. Flies by, melts it just to be a dick, <laughs> and then Mister Fantastic stretches his arm out and shuts down a power plant. Just I don't know what that's to do, really, but everyone loses power in New York, and they go, ah, oh, blackout. Um, it's then revealed that these are not the Fantastic Four, but scrolls
1: I, I what I like about that is like attacking an oil an oil platform. Oh, that's really serious. Shutting down a power plant. Oh, that's bad. Melting
0: a statue—that's
1: <laughs> <being unreal. laughs>
0: just petty. That's it just... kind of does match the personalities and the temperaments of the uh, of the of the Fantastic Four, though. Yeah, Johnny's like yeah. a kid, and he's just doing things for kicks and giggles. That that's, that's um, that does make sense. Actually. So we find that the, the these are an alien, a bunch of green skinned aliens called the Skrulls, who can shapeshift to look like other people, and then they're using alien technology to. Mimic the powers of the scroll of the of the Fantastic Four, so they can mm. do a stretchy arm because they're shapeshifters, so they can yeah. do that. But they have to use like uh, transistors or alien transistors, alien transistors, oh, or whatever yes. they are to have yes. the strength of of the thing. They have to use like flame devices to mimic the human Torch's powers and invisibility shield to look like they're so that's what they're doing. And they're setting about to um they're planning to invade the earth. Uh and before they do that, they, they look at the earth and they go, Well, there are superhero heroes, haven't been invented yet. There's mm-hmm. just these weird adventurers called the Fantastic Four. We will ruin their reputations and sow seeds of distrust and suspicion um so that these people can do nothing to 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 stop us. Um, and that's what they do. The the fantastic, the real Fantastic Four, then lure the Skrulls out. They have a big fight. Um, they they capture the imposters and beat them quite easily. But there's still like a mothership floating over the Earth about to invade. So Reed Richards and the Fantastic Four go right. We pose as the Skrulls, and then we go up to the uh, mothership and we got to stop them even though there's an army of them and we're wildly outpowered. So they get up there, and Reed Richards poses as the Skrull captain or whatever, and then they trick the leader of the Skrulls into thinking Earth is too dangerous to invade. And Mm. they do this by showing them images from comic books and pretending (laughs) they're real. (laughs) Look, observe, giant monsters and robots... And it's tales, it's it's actual old Marvel comics like Tales of Suspense. Yeah, yeah. And the the captain goes, Oh, oh my god, no, we must never invade Earth. Look how terrifying it is. (laughs) That's a terrible, bad idea. Oh, you've, and then he goes, We must flee immediately. And the amazing uh, Reed Richards goes, Yes, you must flee immediately, except for us. I think what we'll do, I will bravely volunteer to stay behind and remove any trace of. Of scroll stuff on Earth, so they will, do not discover us these monsters, and the scroll <laughs> captain goes, "Oh God, you're so incredible! I shall give you the medal for bravery!" <laughs> Thank you for saving the scrolls, and then they fly off home. Amazing. Once back on Earth, fantastic four, they clear their names and all that and uh, and they they, they uh, show the uh, the world the, the government and the military. Look, these are shapeshifters. They're called scrolls. We need to be aware of them. And then they've got three scrolls remaining, or four, or whatever. And so Reed Richards <laughs> punishes them by saying, All of you, transform into cows, <laughs> which they do. And then Reed Richards gets out a watch, <laughs> like a pocket watch, and hypnotizes them. <laughs> Bloody hell. You are cows. Moo! You're all just cows. You're not aliens. You're just cows, and that's what he does. They are shapeshifted into cows. They now believe know. they are cows. He leaves them as cows, um, and that becomes fun for, for several reasons. Because one, Reed Richards very quickly right the thing about the scroll, the Kree scroll war is we we quickly saw how it was like. It was more that they were insulted and humiliated by cavemen. Mm. That's what kicked off that war big time. Yeah. This thing that Reed does by taking their warriors and making them live as cows, oh, it's the worst insult they've ever suffered. Reed Richards... Never
1: humiliate your enemy. They will (laughs) come back. They will fight back.
0: Reed Richards becomes the greatest enemy the Skrulls have Mm. ever encountered. They just... Ah, how dare you? Um... Years later, like in the 90s, this happened in, in, in 1962. Years and years later, uh, in the 90s, Mark Miller wrote a Marvel comic called The Skull Kill Crew, where Ooh. the scrolls were everywhere. And there were a bunch of um, superpowered Earth people hunting the scrolls down and killing them. And these people were superpowered because they'd eaten beef. <laughs> From one of the scrolls.
1: No. <laughs> and it had
0: given them scroll powers. So,
1: so, in the same way that they think radiation gives you superpowers, they think that BSE gives you superpowers or whatever. If it's scroll,
0: you ate yeah. scroll. They ate a humanoid's flesh, yeah. but they would. Were- I don't know how they maintain there anyway. Yeah. Uh, that's what happened. Reed Richards, the greatest <laughs> cosmic crime I think that ever committed. After Reed, that could be like oh, that's a bit much. Reed, couldn't you just you know s- lock them up or something? Yeah, you could have done. Didn't want to. It would be better if he just killed them. It was funnier. <laughs> he wanted to do something funny. He's, and then yeah, rest the, scroll, re- the, the scrolls genuinely would have preferred death because yeah, they're, they're, they they like to pretend they're warriors like the Kree are. Yeah, th- that that would that would be funny
1: if like uh, after it goes. Oh, remember that time I turned them into cows and everyone laughs nervously. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, back to the show then. Uh, Gravik, the bad guy. Back he wants, to the show. The whole thing to, is the show. I mean, talking <laughs> about the talking about oh, the okay. TV show. You okay, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. God, God, you're an idiot. <laughs> 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 so in this TV, TV series, uh, Gravik wants to use the DNA of superheroes, right, to create Super Scrolls with special powers. I take it that happens in the comics at some point because that sounds like something they definitely do.
0: Um, yeah, well, not and not necessarily using DNA of superheroes, but it's the thing that saves the. When we talked about the Scrolls like not fading into obscurity and being like joke characters that became cows and we never saw them again. <laughs> When they come back for in their second appearance, which is the the year the year later, nineteen sixty three, um, the Scroll Emperor is so has been basically spending the entire year thinking about Reed Richards and the insult given <laughs> to them. and what he's done is he's created a super soldier, the Super Scroll. Um, Clert is his Clert. name. K L apostrophe R T Clert. Yay, apostrophes in names. Clert <laughs> the Super Scroll. Clurt. Who, as well as shape shifting, he is given the genuine powers of all of the Fantastic Four. Ooh, nice. So previously they were in, they were pretending to have the powers and it was four of them. This time it's one dude who is super stretchy, Mr. Fantastic. Super, super strong rock hide at will of the thing. Uh, can burn you and himself, and fly, and invisible the whole time if he wants to be. <laughs> um, like Amazing. unstoppable. Oh, he's also because to avoid what happened to the cow people, they give him hypnosis so it can so he can not be hypnotized and in fact can hypnotize Reed Richards. Oh. Going to make you think you're a cow. <laughs> Yeah, um, again, don't
1: humiliate your enemies They'll just come back even better
0: So, yes And and, and because he's um, a soldier And a military dude It's portrayed that he uses his powers In a much, much, much better Warrior way than the Fantastic Four do Because they're like They're just scientists. scientists Well, only one of them is a scientist, really uh, The rest are just people <laughs> just, Hangers they're, on They're just um, fellas Bunch of dudes. Adventurers and explorers and stuff like that. Mm. Um, so, yes, he's, he's purported to be better. I mean, he still gets beaten. Um, originally, his powers are, like, broadcast down to him from a Kree spaceship in orbit. Mm. And so they, they the Fantastic Four stop that transmission and they beat him up. And then when he comes back, he's been permanently given these powers and he can't, kind of, take them away. He becomes, like, a perennial... Um, Fantastic Four villain, and then later a Captain Marvel and Ms. Marvel villain as well. Um, that kind of then leads into the Cree Scroll war stuff because Captain Marvel's a Cree. Um, yeah. And there's some others, there's, there's uh, like like years and like decades later in the 90s, we briefly get someone called Pi the Power Scroll who just wanted to be Clerk the Super Scroll and how, gave himself how, powers How many apostrophes has he got in his name? Not. Noble. That's a shame. That's P a i b o k. Um. And then there was there was um. There's a great. There's kind of like another secret invasion almost that happens in the background where the scroll we we discover and it's a bit too late. The scrolls have infiltrated the Shiar Empire. Mm. Um, and part of that is a bunch called the War Skrulls who are able to, if they take the shape of someone, they're able to take their powers as well. And one of these guys, one of these war scrolls called the Warlord was able to replace Professor X and mimic his telepathic abilities and control people's minds, which was dangerous. Ooh, that's scary. And then, as you found out, along Hmm. with me in the Secret Invasion, available on Patreon right now, the scrolls develop a new generation of soldier. And each of these soldiers can possess multiple superpowers from different superheroes at once. <sighs> and we see in that um, the, the worrying one was a scroll soldier that has a, a bunch of X Men powers at the same time. He has Cyclops's optic blast, Colossus's steel skin, Wolverine's claws, and Nightcrawler's teleportation. Um, just an absolute deadly dude. That's just so too much. I remember, yeah. That.
1: yeah, talking about that. I was like, "No, that's not fair. Don't do that. Have some sportsmanship. You like you you, <laughs> you, you, like, you like contests. You people like contests and fair play." <laughs> so Tal- Talos, Talos, uh, he's from the comics, is he? Or was it? Was he just invented for the films to give like a scree, a, a, a not a scree, a scroll, a uh, a personality someone we can associate with? No, uh,
0: Talos the Untamed is from the comic books, although. <laughs> He does, bears no resemblance to this character in the TV show. Does he still um, have told? I can't do his voice. <laughs> does he have a particularly weird voice? <laughs> I, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's kind of hard to tell in text form. It is. Uh, no one mentions it, I don't think. Yeah. Um, he first pops up in the mid-90s. So, not like a 60s or 70s character, which was the heydays of the Skrull. Mm. Um, so... Rick Jones, the Hawks sidekick and Captain America's sidekick and Captain Marvel's sidekick, is getting married. It's okay. going to be the uh, the wedding of the season because there's tons of superheroes connected to Rick Jones, so he has a big wedding. And one of the Fantastic Four's weird characters, the Impossible Man,
1: who the is impossible just like
0: man. He's, an, he's like Mr. Mixed Ex-Piddalix. He's an imp oh. from a weird dimension. He's green, and he just pops up and does weird stuff. Right? Sorry, what, what was uh, I, 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 that? Mr.
1: Mr. Mixed Mister
0: piddalix Mixed Ex-Piddalix, that's the one, yeah. Um, he invites a whole bunch of supervillains to the wedding as well. Um, and one of those is this kind of ridiculous figure of mockery amongst the scrolls, Talos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So Talos was a freak when he was born because he was born without the shape-shifting ability. Okay. So, an outcast. He's a cousin of one of the, of the emperor or a distant cousin. He would have been butchered as a, as a child. Killed as soon as he had the egg. Scrolls, by the way. Eggs, not regular birth. Oh, wow. Um, Because they're reptile-shaped creatures. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so he would have been killed upon sight upon not having the shapeshifting ability but he has royal heritage so they can't kill him um but this this odd mutation that made him no no not be able to shapeshift gave him much much greater strength than any normal scroll um and he became a a, a feared and respected warrior um name, earning him the nickname Talos the Untamed <clears throat> but then He was captured by the Kree during the war And he was unwilling To commit ritual suicide (laughs) Which is the only way For a Skrull to keep their honour if they're Captured Talos was like No I shall gain honour by Escaping but he didn't So he was disgraced uh, Released during like a Exchange of prisoners and eventually became known As Talos the Tamed (gasps) Oh ah, Very bitchy Um, (laughs) Talos the massive cuck so <laughs> for the rest of his like, time, he's trying to prove himself to be, I'm a badass again. Yeah. So at this wedding, he sees the Hulk, and he's like, it's, that's the Hulk! And he just jumps on him and starts starts a fight. And he's like, I right, <laughs> shall regain honour by fighting the Hulk. <laughs> oh, um, no. And that's about to really go very badly for him, although he's very strong, he ain't the Hulk. But mm. this is... um. The 90s Hulk, the merged Hulk, the professor, oh. who has Bruce Banner's intelligence. He has the, the Grey Hulk's cunning and street savvy, but the, but the kind of green skin and, and power of the Green Hulk. So he works out what's happening and he goes, Oh, you're trying to do something by fighting me. I just won't fight you. Bye. Mm. <laughs> and Talos is like, Oh, no, <laughs> it's happened to me again. Further disgrace. Um, he is also uh, deemed uh, impotent sometimes because he can't shapeshift. Oh. So he is no use during the secret invasion of Earth because he cannot shapeshift, so he's just left behind. You're going to have to sit um, this one out, chief. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For a brief period of time, he turns up in the Howard the Duck comic in the, <laughs> after the secret invasion, yeah. and he's on Earth, and he... <laughs> As a shape shifting scroll that can't shape shift, he (laughs) uses makeup and a fake beard to become the master of disguise. (laughs) Um, Yeah. It's very obviously got like a scroll chin and green skin and
1: stuff. Yeah. That's that's a shame. I feel sorry for him. So, uh, Olivia Coleman makes her MCU debut in the show. Do we like her in this? She's growing on me. She's growing on me. I think. I I I'm liking her, but um, uh, was it was Amelia Clark. Yeah. I I I'm not getting much from her character, unfortunately. I don't know whether it's because of the script or whatever, but I'm just not getting much.
0: But we like we're liking Livia Coleman. Then.
1: Oh, Olivia so, Coleman, yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. those are the two big names that are popping up in the show for me. were Livia Coleman, yeah. and Amelia Clark. Yeah, yeah. So her character, Sonia uh Again, is she in the comics?
0: No. Oh. But the Falsworth family have deep roots in the Marvel Universe. Aha, uh-huh. okay. So in the 1970s, there is a comic book uh, written by Roy Thomas called The Invaders, hmm. which chronicled the World War II adventures of Captain America, Bucky, and their partners, Namor, the Submariner, the original hmm. Human Torch. And it included the British hero Union Jack, yes. a.k.a. Brian Falsworth. So, Brian Falsworth is a British character who was in a Nazi prisoner of war camp. It was experimented on as the Nazis tried to recreate the super soldier serum. He received a a twisted, horrible version of it, but gave him advanced strength and physical abilities. Leads a prison break and becomes a patriotic, flag-wearing hero, Union Jack, fighting alongside Captain America. Brian Fallsworth. but we also learn in the Invaders that Brian is not the first Union Jack. He adopted the name and the moniker from his father, James Montgomery Fortsworth, who fought during World War One as a masked man called Union Jack, no powers whatsoever. He fought like saboteurs and all that kind of stuff during the First World War. Mm. Um, Union Jack's nemesis during both World War One and World War Two is a vampire known as. Baron blood. Um, <laughs> an awful lot of um, comic book Nazi characters are vampires. I, okay. think a, I think there's. I think during the First World War there was an awful lot of like vampiric blood sucking kind of like imagery used during the um, the propaganda about the Germans and stuff. So yeah. Um, so that's what they like to do. So Baron Blood fought alongside the Germans in both wars. He's just loved both the Kaiser and the Fuhrer. He loved them both. Um, <laughs> Baron Blood was then revealed to actually be John Falsworth, brother oh. of the original Union Jack and uncle to the, the World War II Union Jack. And he's kind of in there as this thing of um, an awful lot of British landed gentry and aristocrats that mm. um, were either literally related to the Kaiser during the First World War or they were Nazi sympathisers during the Second World War, including members of our own royal family. Will, um, so that's why Brian, no, John Forsworth the Baron Blood character is there. Yeah. It's this kind of. There's always been that horrible connection between the aristocracy and the uh, whatever's happening in Germany. Um, it's a really great. I mean, it's it's an, it's a it's a 1970s story. It's not written with a modern flair or dialogue or whatever, but I love it. It's a really great story um, in the Invaders and um, during the adventure. Baron Blood returns and tries to kill kill his niece, Jacqueline Falsworth. And he bites her and he drains her of her blood and she's going to die. Oh no, Jacqueline Falsworth is going to die. She needs a blood transfusion and she gets it from the Human Torch. But he's a bloody android. (laughs) So the combination of artificial android blood and vampire bite cause a bizarre reaction within Jacqueline Fallsworth and she gains super speed powers and takes Ooh. up the the name Spitfire and joins <laughs> joins her brother Union Jack in the Invaders. So yeah, the Fallsworths um they save Churchill from being assassinated. They have like as a family what's interesting about Olivia Coleman's character is being a Fallsworth she has the capacity to be a like a righteous Englishman hero mm. or a corrupt Nazi sympathizer, bloodsucking creep. So, yeah,
1: they're basically it's... like the royal family.
0: Then, <laughs> but we don't know which way her character is going to go. Like, yeah. she, that family has a, has a lot of um, capacity for either, which is really interesting.
1: Also, mentioning Union Jack, I uh, don't know if I've ever mentioned this before. Uh, someone on the stand at Comedy Circuit in the UK. Uh, played Union Jack in a f- Marvel fan TV show. I don't know how well. Ah, uh, you went. have mentioned it. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think a few other comedians I know popped up in it in, as extra bits, but I don't know how well it went.
0: We have seen a Fallsworth before. One of, uh, there is a, mm. a, the, the Howling. Com- one of the Howling Commandos in First Avenger is a Fallsworth.
1: Oh, is this the one with the? Is this Dum Dum Duggan or someone else? Some like no, Dum Dum Duggan is American. I mean, like so he's got a bowler hat on. And I went, oh, that's the British guy.
0: Yeah, we've had this exact conversation before.
1: I know, I'm really sorry. Um
0: no, yeah, one of the, one of the one of the howling commandos in the Second World War and First Avenger is a Fallsworth. Probably uh, maybe probably Brian, I imagine. Um, so there we go. Yeah. Nice. That's the uh that's the Union Jack Spitfire Baron Blood angle on this TV show. Do you think that's the closest thing we're going to get to any kind
1: of Union Jack or anything like that in the MCU?
0: I don't know. There was a really um, down to earth urban Union Jack series done in the 2000s where they took the. They kind of got rid of the idea of connecting it to like a landed gentry mm. and made it a working class bloke from London became the new Union Jack. Mm. Uh, was fighting terrorism with two pistols and the suit. Look, like the suit. I don't know. The suit for me really works. I know it's got the big Union Jack on it, but mm. it's kind of muted blue black, and it's got a full face mask and everything. And he kind yeah. of looks almost like tactical gear sometimes. And he he's going around fighting terrorists with a couple of pistols and stuff in 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 London. It's quite an interesting series.
1: Okay, okay. So oh, I think
0: in- a version of that might work, but. It's whether there's... Is there any bandwidth in what they're doing to, to <laughs> create a specific series about a, such an obscure character? I,
1: I, was, I think it would be some uh, a, a extreme side character or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, in the show, Nick Fury has been working off Earth for five years when uh, the invasion begins. Is there anything like that in the comics?
0: The vanishing Nick Fury? There mm. is a little bit, yeah. Um yeah, when the Secret Invasion comic book series... Well, it depends on when you say. When the actual... Because Secret Invasion is the name of a seven-issue limited series... Hmm. Which contains like... It starts when the scrolls go, we're here, we're attacking. And it goes through seven issues to them being stopped. But the Secret Invasion as a whole encompasses a whole bunch of other issues where the Avengers slowly discover what's going on and then we f- we see how the Skrulls got into place and things like that. So at the start of the actual fight where the Skrulls reveal themselves, Fury is missing. Mm. Fury's been missing for a while, though. He tried to stage a coup d'etat in Doctor Doom's European country of Latveria. Um, yeah. We've discussed complete, this one, yeah. Uh, Nick Fury's secret war, completely illegal actions <laughs> that he blackmails Wolverine and Spider Man and Luke Cage into joining in and being a part of, and then he mind wipes them when it goes horribly wrong. And the the, the government fires uh, Nick Fury um, and want to arrest him, but he jetpacks mm-hmm. away, um, and he just like whenever you try and fire Nick Fury, he's not really there. It's a life model decoy. See ya. Um, he goes into hiding um, and we later learn that fury had discovered the secret invasion before anybody else on earth he knew there were scrolls in dr doom's government in the US government scrolls inside shield so he, he goes into hiding for about a year uh, and nowhere knows no one knows where he's gone and he is missing until the scrolls reveal themselves publicly and all sorts of stuff kicks off.
1: Yeah. So Maria Hill, uh, what what role does she play in the comic book uh, Secret Invasion?
0: Well, once Nick Fury gets deposed, the next director of Shield is this absolutely obscure agent nobody's ever heard of mm-hmm. called Maria Hill. She's known to be like efficient and stuff, and plays everything by the book, rules and regulations. But the U.S. government reached way down the ranks when they grabbed her and appointed her Maria uh, director. Mm. They, they reached past very, very, very qualified people with yeah. tons of experience. People that were like Nick Fury's right-hand man and left-hand man and people that have worked under them for years and years and years. And when reading the comics, nobody in the audience knows if she's suspect or not, Mm. it comes across really dodgy and convenient. And it does to loads of people in the Marvel Universe as well. Um, But when you're reading it, you're just left completely suspecting her and not having any definite evidence one way or the other. Because it seems hella suspicious to appoint someone so minor to that Mm. top job. But the excuse and reason is, oh, well, we didn't want to... Pick someone who was loyal To Nick Fury uh, Ah, yeah, yeah. We wanted a brand new Regime so we had to Jettison all these friends of Nick Fury's That he's filled the Shield with for, for decades And find someone very low down Because that's the only person we could Possibly go to But Maria makes Everyone suspicious She makes life very hard for the superheroes She doesn't trust The Avengers or the X-Men and immediately has all this conflict and, and and tension with him. She starts to enforce all these kind of like anti-vigilante rules that Fury never enforced because he was like, yeah, it's a rule, but for the greater good we just let it slide. No one's going to tell me nothing. I'm Nick Fury. She just starts enforcing it. Everything play by the book, play by the rules. The rules say you can't do this, you can't go there, you can't fight that person. So everyone suspected Maria of something. Mm. Um, And it was actively said in the comics that the only reason to appoint someone like her as director is that she's either completely corrupt and in someone's pocket and will do what they want, or the powers that be, the corrupt whatever force, wanted she's either part of it, or they wanted someone so completely unqualified (laughs) that they'd be wildly incompetent and S.H.I.E.L.D. would be neutered from within. Oof. So as the secret invasion begins, there's a big cloud of uncertainty hanging over Maria Hill's head. Um, and it feels like she's either a scroll agent or she's been appointed by the scroll agents without without knowing it. I do like that aspect of the narrative. That's really good. So in the comics, how does Nick Just
1: Fury... Just suspicion
0: and doubt everywhere,
1: man. I like it because, you, like you said, you don't... was it? The root... What's that phrase you use? That root one of storytelling, like, with Marvel stuff. Yeah, simple, it's like, kind of simple yeah, stuff. Yeah, simple stuff. It's like this. It's like, oh, I don't know. So it feels like I'm more compelled to continue with it. I think so. So the comics, how does Nick Fury fight back against the secret invasion?
0: Okay, so he first discovers it when he sleeps with uh, Con- the Contessa de la Fontaine. Okay. Who Ooh. is... Um, is uh, Elaine, isn't it? From, Elaine, Elaine from Seinfeld. Yeah. Is, yeah uh, Ju- I was getting... What's her name? Julie... Julie Louis-Dreyfus. Louis- Ju- Ju- Julie Louis-Dreyfus is yeah. um, plays the Contessa. Um, a long-standing S.H.I.E.L.D. character, former love interest and antagonist of um, Nick Fury. So, he's on the run, he bumps into her, they sleep together, um, and then the next day, because he's a suspicious dude, he uh, uses a Cloaking device to become invisible and just watches her, <laughs> and then goes ah. So that's a scroll. Hmm. This is a problem. Um. And she tries to extract all these passcodes and stuff from him. Finds out who she is, kills her, and then he's like, Scrolls must be everywhere. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Goes on the run. Um. And he does this this thing where he he builds a new team. They're initially called. Like the new howling commandos mm. um but that doesn't last very long they 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 really become known as the secret warriors Ooh. and he builds this team entirely in secret. They're not mutants, but they're people from around the world that are related to a super powered person um okay, so one of them is the absorbing man's son and 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 then we meet um uh What's Sky from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. In the comic books is, is Daisy Ridley. She's called Quake. And she's the daughter of a supervillain called Hi- Mr. Hyde. And they have inherited this odd um, ability. This odd genetic makeup. They don't have the, the thing in their DNA that makes them a mutant. But they've inherited a power. Nobody knows about them. They often don't know they have powers. And they have no military training. (laughs) But Fury is like, right, you can't trust anybody in S.H.I.E.L.D., in the government, or in the Avengers, or the X-Men, or anybody, because they're all targets for the Skrulls. So he has to go after people that have zero status and zero influence in the world. Damn. Because they're the only people the Skrulls would not be interested in. Mm. No reason to replace a kid that works at a (laughs) 7-Eleven. So Nick Fury gets that kid and goes, ah... Your dad was the, your great-grandfather was the original Wild West ghost rider, phantom rider. <laughs> You've got powers. You work for me now, kid. Amazing. Um, and then he starts turning them into soldiers. So he just hijacks all these kids with powers. Um, and he doesn't share his plans with or his knowledge with anybody
1: oh, outside this okay. group.
0: Which means that nobody trusts him. So it's just <laughs> <laughs> the levels of suspicion and mistrust in the secret invasion kind of event. It's just brilliant.
1: That's great. That's great. So we've seen two actors, at least two actors, play the president of the United States of America in the MCU. But has the president ever played a significant role in a Marvel comic story?
0: Amazing Spider-Man 583. The inauguration of Barack Obama. <laughs> um, what happens is... There are two Barack Obamas. Because the chameleon, Spider-Man's old enemy, has impersonated the president-elect. He (laughs) believes that if he is sworn in as president, whilst wearing Barack Obama's face, that will make him the president. (laughs)
1: I mean, is there anything in the Constitution that handles this kind of scenario?
0: The, it, it, there's a great quote like Barack Obama in the story, like he says, the most horrifying thing of all of this was the chameleon's lack of understanding of how our laws work. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's not how a president yeah. is made. Yeah. Um, and so there are two Barack Obamas, and it's like, oh, oh, we get. Yeah. So the, the real Barack Obama um, escapes his, his his being tied up. And Joe Biden drives him real fast to the inauguration. (laughs) No, no, that did not happen. Joe Biden drives him fast. And they burst out and it's like, (laughs) he's not the real Barack Obama. I'm the real Barack Obama. Meanwhile, Peter Parker is trying to sneak into the inauguration because he doesn't have any press credentials. Um. Um, He gets arrested for trespassing, but he is saved by Senator John McCain, who recognises Peter as the Daily Bugle photographer and gives him, here you go, kid, have a press pass. <laughs> uh, two Obamas. And so Peter changes into to Spider-Man. And he's like, what? what's going on here? And he starts to, um, he says, right, I'm going to ask you a question that only the real Barack Obama would know. Um, and the, like, one of the Secret Service men goes, oh, I've got one, I've got one what was your nickname when you played college basketball? And mm. one of the Barack Obama's like, that's no, not, no, not that question. Ask me another question. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want that question. And that nervous Barack Obama starts to talk about basketball, like saying things like, um, I don't know. It was all so confusing. What was the helmet and everything? <laughs> like, <laughs> no, you don't wear a helmet in basketball. <laughs> and the real Barack Obama jabs his stomach at me and goes, Seriously, guys, you thought he was me, <laughs> and uh, they, 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 and they say, "Let's settle this with a game of one on one." And the Amazing. chameleon transforms back into the green and goes, "This is not fair. I don't want to play basketball. I'm the chameleon." And then Spider Man just yeah you know, punches him in the face. Yeah, um, and it ends. It ends with uh, a fist bump between um, Barack Obama and Spider Man um, as he says, "Thank you." Um. Yeah, and it's quite. You know, Barack Obama was, was is, is giving interviews before this where he talked about being a big comic book fan growing up, and he read Spider Man all the time and loved Spider Man. So yeah, it was a little, uh, a little thing. I believe every president has made an appearance in the Marvel comics. I can't think of many that got like a a full on adventure with Spider Man like this. <laughs> Reading list for this episode, um, Secret War by Brian Michael Bendis kind of um, starts the Nick Fury political machinations. Um, the, the the little threads for the secret invasion begin in New Avengers Volume 1 by Brian Michael Bendis, um, although you won't get anything to do with the scrolls in those. Mm. It's just the beginning of a conspiracy going on in Marvel. Gotcha. Um, Check out The Secret Invasion by Brian Michael Bendis, which is the limited series. I think the complete collection also will have the um, Avengers, and Mi- New Avengers and Mighty Avengers issues that tie into it, where like the actual action takes place in the Secret Invasion story, and then the complementary issues of the Avengers... Show you each time a scroll is someone's revealed to be a scroll, we get a whole issue giving us a flashback on how they infiltrated and what they've been doing behind the scenes as a scroll. That's really cool. Um, You can check out the Crease Scroll War by Roy Thomas from the seventies. It's not a great crossover to modern audiences. We've looked at it on Patreon. Um, It has some fun moments, but it's not exactly a modern crossover event. But there's a lot of Crease Scroll stuff going on there. And for fun, we talked about the Falsworths and Union Jack and all those. Um, I, I really recommend checking out The Invaders by Roy Thomas. 1970s, so it's older style of writing, but Union Jack's fun. Um, hmm. Captain America fights the vampire. You can't go wrong. In our next episode, Will. Next episode. We're looking at the very first movie. <laughs> It's the very first Spider-Man movie. It's 1977. It's a TV movie starring Nicholas Hammond. It's the first time we have an official, committed, two-camera, two-screen Spider-Man movie. Very excited to dive into that. Very, very retro. Very 70s. Um, That's on the next Deep Dive. Um, Don't forget, we've got a free trial of our Patreon on patreon.com. Marvel vs. Marvel You can listen to loads of cool bonus episodes For seven days Marvel vs. Marvel was researched Written and performed by Rob Holden And Will Preston The show was produced by Will Preston And our theme song was composed and performed By Dan Walsh Head to patreon.com Marvel vs. Marvel For awesome bonus content